1: Welcome back to the faithless sisters. We are talking today um, about the Samaritan woman. We're finishing up her story today. Yesterday we started with her and we talked a little bit about why Jesus was there and um, how he was kind of breaking all the social barriers, right. Um, and cultural barriers in when she, when he was engaging with this woman and um, how they've kind of challenged each other back and forth and, um, where she's kind of called him out like this isn't how things are supposed to happen. And he says, Oh lady, you have no idea. Right. <laughs> I feel like Jesus spends a lot of time essentially saying like, you have no clue. You, don't know. <laughs> you have no clue what's coming. Um, but, and I was thinking actually this morning, here's a confession. As I was reading through this again this morning, I was like, I think I would have spent a lot of my time really irritated by Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oopsie I mean I do I think well, because he just challenges, challenges. and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of direct this is the answer to your question mm-hmm. um, He's dr- and it's all his purpose he's drawing you nearer to him and he's making you questions so that you really own what it is that you believe mm-hmm. but man I think I'd be like Jesus come on I just asked you give a give yes a or no question yes. do you want some more bread or do you not want
2: some more bread like, I'm the bread of life <laughs> that's right there you go
1: <laughs> so does that mean that you're finished with the fita and hummus or can yeah. I eat it like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> just oh. when I was reading I was like oh man I would have been I would not have been a disciple because he would have <laughs> been like oh yeah no he would have been like, you need to go sit there and you need to learn before you can go talk to other people.
2: Anyway. <laughs>
0: but he said that pe- to his disciples plenty, too. Yeah, you guys, he did. It, it's he did. not just us. It's, I think all those stories about those 12, 13 men in that book are about the fact that they had the same issues that we have.
2: I think that's true. Yeah. You know,
0: I... So... Well, I, I said 12 or 13 because we got Judas and then we got his replacement.
2: Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Um, yep.
0: but yeah, I think that God knows. We, I think he tries to challenge. I think Jesus' personality is perfect for what his purpose was in this earth. It was to challenge the norms. It was to make us stop and get off that treadmill that we're on and think about things in a different way. Um, and,
2: that's exactly what happened to the Samaritan woman when she left her jar. She's yeah. like, boom, I'm no longer there. It just shocked her. It was like, I don't, uh, 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 Jesus just focused on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then she went into the town. I know I'm giving away the story, but it's yep. like, but she did the same thing. That's the yeah. thing Jesus does with us over and over and over again.
0: Because if he just mm-hmm. talked to us like, he talk, like we talk to each other, we're, we don't really challenge each other too much. We have fun. Right. We yuck it up. We, you know, um, we love Jesus and we're reading his word and, but. Jesus is, he had such purpose. Everything he said, everything he did, everywhere he went, it was with a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and think of how, how much of our lives do we live unaware? Um, and so I think all of, all of the things that Jesus said and did were to,
3: to kind of wake us up. It's like, hey, step two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when she set out for the well that afternoon... She did not know what was, was going great. to happen. She did not know she was on her way to a divine appointment. Yeah. But Jesus was waiting. He knew
0: mm-hmm. what
3: was going to happen.
0: And I think we get lost in that every day, day after day routine of life. Um, and sometimes we lose that anticipation of what could be next. You know, what does God have next? What's waiting for me after this? <sighs> So, so I think when we read this, it needs to kind of stir in us an expectation um, that this is really who God is and how he works and that there's he's got stuff for us.
1: You know, I am not going to be political or I'm not going to make a social statement or anything like that, but I am going to say this. Knowing how Jesus bucked the system in so many ways to reach the people who needed him the most and who were the least likely to reach him in the mainstream is an amazing example Mm -hmm. of what he calls us to do. And just maybe ask yourself is, the way that you are reaching people um, and is the way that you are interacting with people consistent with the example of Christ or are you sitting a little more in the comfort, social norm, culturally acceptable bubble? Okay. So, Well, I know when I
0: went back to work, you know, I had been, Home for a lot of years with my kids, and everything I did was church oriented. It was either my family or it was church work in the office, you know, take care of a ministry, do some counseling. Everything was about the church. And um, when I went back to work, it was kind of in my face that I had been living in a bubble. (laughs) All that work that I thought I was doing in the church. It was just with other Christians. It was it was all about us and taking care of us. But Jesus said, I didn't come to save the righteous. I came for the ones who don't know me. So while I think all that church care was wonderful, now I'm out in the world in a whole different way. I'm interacting with people very different from the people that I spent the first 40 years of my life with. Um, and it has really been challenging at times, because we're called to love everybody, right? It's easy to love people that are like you, um, who think like you, believe like you, look like you. That's, that's really pretty easy. But When you're out in the world, and you're dealing with people who don't think or look or act or believe like you, now all of a sudden, that's, that's real. That's, that pushes your faith to the point that do you have something to give? Because that's what Jesus did. He went out. He, he was in Samaria. He wasn't in the temple in Jerusalem. He was in Samaria sitting beside the well in this village, talking to this one woman. Um, and we're going to find out that this, what happens because of this discussion with this one woman, when he asked her for a drink of water. Mm-hmm. It's pretty
3: awesome.
1: So, Terry, will you read for us um... The entire passage that we're going to talk about today is John chapter 4, 19 through 42, but it's too long. We're going to stick with, there's this little section in the middle where Jesus is talking with his disciples. And while that's very valuable, um, that's not where we're focusing um, today. We're really sticking with the Samaritan woman. So we're going to read um, 19 through 26, and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: a little further on, we're going to read um, 39 through 42. So Terry, do you want to start us out? Um, with the beginning of the passage there.
3: Yep. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Mm. What a declaration. Yeah. You know, we talked um, a little bit about how he would give um, hints and clues and talk in um, parables parables, and kind of oftentimes didn't come to the point. This is the bottom line. This is a big, loud declaration, and he's making it to a Samaritan woman. Yeah. Really just incredible.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm sitting here, going, I would have asked him, like, to can you part the water in the cup? <laughs> All of a sudden, I would have wanted that little test in there.
3: You would, Rosemary. I probably I hope, would. I wish if, if you did, I, I would like to be with you. Okay. I would love to see that. Oh, you'd
2: make me ask, wouldn't you, Terry? Because you would never ask. There
3: you go. Oh, oh, I just believe. Yeah, yeah, you Blonde do. Of faith. You too. So if you're
1: going through the homework with us, um, there is a question here that says, what did the woman realize about Jesus? And she says, you know I, I can see that you're a prophet. but then the follow-up is what question did she have about God? Um, and that's in verse or chapter four, verse twenty. and it ties back into job um, chapter twenty three verse three. And essentially what she's saying is because she says, you know, that my people say that we have to worship God here. Your people say you have to worship God there. And really what she's saying right here is where's God? Where is he? Mm -hmm. Where am I supposed to find this guy? Which to me is heartbreaking because there are people in, In the world now, there are people that we talk to on a regular, everyday basis. There are people who are sitting in church next to us who are asking the same question. Where's God? Mm -hmm. Where am I supposed to find this guy? Like, he's not around. Where is he? And Jesus is like, guess what? It doesn't matter where you look for him because he's here. I'm here. And he says, there's a time that's coming that you're going to worship in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm and he's referring to the fact that he's going to die he's going to sacrifice and that the holy spirit's going to come and there's not going to be a location you know you don't have to have the god box that you're going to travel around with you um you don't have to the go ark to of the, the covenant
2: the, the ark <laughs> of the, the god box, i was like <laughs> god
1: box that was pretty good box. <laughs> you know you're not going to have to have like the physical um reminders and the physical place for the spirit of God to land it's like he's here and he's everywhere and he's in you and he's in me and he's at my kitchen table and he's next to the bed and he's out in the backyard and he is he's here we don't have to look we just have to sit Mm -hmm. and he's just
3: there because it's not a place or a building it's your heart right
2: that's something we can say to other people too as we engage him like he's here and you know bring his presence into the situation it's already there but it's just acknowledging and and helping them see who he is Mm
1: -hmm.
2: not just a prophet not just a teacher but god himself right incarnate
1: So she sees this and he says, like, it's me. Well, one, she's confused because she's like, okay, that those words are nice that you're telling me, Jesus, but I know the Messiah is coming. And when he gets here, he'll explain it all to me. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) like, uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) just give me a straight answer, but it's fine because this guy's going to come and then he'll explain it all to me. And he's like, oh, guess what? It's me. It's me. I'm here. Um, Which imagine how confused she was then because she's like, he's supposed to explain it all. And I just heard you and it didn't make sense to me. (laughs) But then he does. He just says it very plainly. Like I'm here. Um, Terry, will you pick up verse 39?
3: Yep. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. There's no the beating world.
1: around
3: the
2: bush on that one. Yeah. A, uh, I liked how he... He went into Samaria, he broke that barrier, he talked to a woman, a Samarian, he broke that barrier, He drank from her cup, he broke that barrier, he stayed with them for two days. What? <laughs> exactly. You no? Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, historically, they wouldn't give
3: anybody shelter.
2: And yeah. the, the Jews didn't want shelter. It was like, stay away.
3: Mm-hmm. Right? It's, we, yeah. So, so for like, two days, when they stayed there, they're eating the Samaritan's food. They're staying with the Samaritans, and the disciples have to, too. Yeah. Jesus can make a decision. You know, you would think he's the leader. He can make a decision for himself, but he made the decision for all of them. So I, I imagine that was a little bit hard because when they came back from town, they're like, why is he talking to her? Yeah. That's odd, <laughs> you know, and they're his disciples. They stayed with him. So, wow, what life-changing stuff for the disciples, hopefully, and obviously for so many Samaritans.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine that um, when they were planning their route to Galilee, that a stop and a layover in Samaria was not on their travel itinerary, right? Right. (laughs) Because you know you had to plan ahead, or send word ahead because you couldn't just pick up the phone or send a text message to say, Hey, going to be there in three days. Can you have my room ready? (laughs) You know, it was like, you had to plan. Mm -hmm. So this was obviously not on their itinerary, Mm -hmm. but Jesus was like, this is where I need to be. These people need me and we're going to hang out. And he just stayed. He, he changed the plan because that's what needed to happen And they all adapted.
3: Yeah, the the part of, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, it just occurred to me that he waited two days to go to Lazarus to show the glory of God. Mm -hmm. He stayed with the um, Samaritans two days Hmm. to show them the glory of God, show them the way. Just now kicked in there. There you go. I think that's math. I'm not sure. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting, the part of scripture that we skipped over was a lot of stuff about the harvest. And what Jesus says, first off, is open your eyes. It's right in front of you. There are so many people that need Jesus. And that's what we need to do. We need to open our eyes and look around and not have these, um, I guess, prejudice about what they're going to be like, what they're going to need, what they think of me. It doesn't even matter. None of that matters.
0: Are going know to Jesus? Yeah, I think we struggle a lot with that. If I if I come on with my witness with my testimony, how's that going to be received by that person? Um, are they going to feel like I'm trying to push something on them? You know, we 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 talk ourselves out of a lot of
2: being a living testimony. You know, yeah, but part of it, Angie, is because we think we need to preach. Uh, yeah. If if it's it's like she's saying like, where is he? Where's God? And he goes, I'm right here. We can do the same thing with people. They can say, where are you? And it's like, we're right here. We're feeding people. Where are we? We care about you. Where's your, you know, like people are struggling right now with COVID and everything going on. And it's like, where are you? It's like, I'm right here for you. Let's pray. Let's be together. We keep thinking it has to look the way we think it's going to look. Absolutely, yeah. And that's where we get in trouble. And that's often where it isn't accepted. Mm -hmm. But if we're serving, if we we have that spirit of God, if we, you, you can even speak scripture, you know, and in and, and um, having it make sense, you know, like yeah, people
3: didn't know; they kept saying, "Where's God? It's right here, right?" Just and it he out. uses the um, phrase from the old, well, that is, yeah, from the Old Testament that says, "I am." Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. means. I am God. That's who he told Moses. I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's saying. So if they only believe in the first five books, I am is in there. Right. He also makes another connection with that I am statement.
2: I think we also forget that God has created this world so that he's, he's the witness. In nature, we'll see his tremendous power. Well, we Lord see his tremendous power. Absolutely, yeah. And we forget that people have a chance of seeing the connection. They have that chance because they already know the I am. At a certain level, people know that there is a God, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we witness to people, we just need to bring that out. Yeah. We don't need and- to worry about dividing the water in the cup. We don't. we don't have to do <laughs> amazing things. We could just be who we are, be with people. Yeah. Right. We can flex
1: the plan that we had to just be with the people, mm-hmm. just like Jesus did. And serve right. them. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yep. There's a uh, food for thought box by Max Licato, And I just love that. Um, she left behind her water jug because it was a burden she didn't have to carry anymore And She just ran off without it. (laughs) It's like running off and forgetting your purse, you know, leaving your (laughs) purse behind because you've got something so important to say to someone, you've got to get to it. And you don't even think about your purse. Same thing with her water jug. Um, But I'm just going to read what it says. Suddenly the insignificance of her life was swallowed by the significance of the moment. God is here. God has come. God cares for me. How could she share her shame with excitement? because her shame didn't own her anymore. Jesus didn't condemn her, so she wasn't condemning herself. Instead, she was so focused on Jesus that her reputation no longer had any power over her. We, too, are not defined by or owned by our sin. When we meet the Messiah, we meet our true selves, sons and daughters of God, You have not been sprinkled with forgiveness. You have not been spattered with grace. You have not been dusted with kindness. You have been immersed in it. You are submerged in mercy. So let it change you. I thought that was so great. That's beautiful. That's
2: what we can do too. As we engage in his word, know that this can change us. Let ourselves just know that we've been submerged. Submerged. And mercy.
3: Mm-hmm. Like she was, and it changed her life. There's mm-hmm. no, I, we don't, um, I don't think there's any place else that we can read about the the end of her story, mm-hmm. but we are reading about the true beginning of her real, her good, true story. And um, I just imagine what the rest of her life looks like mm-hmm. and um, made a, A total turnaround in her life the other part when they were talking about the the townspeople
2: they said uh we no longer believe just because of what you said now we've heard for ourselves and we know this man is really the savior of the world when you talk about that as a witness it's like you're not pointing people towards you Mm -hmm. you're pointing people towards god and so you look at her witness Okay, granted she had Jesus right there in human form. <laughs> that was that's probably a big advantage on that respect. Yeah, but we have Jesus bit, yeah. in our spirit and they mm-hmm. have the holy S- you know, mm-hmm. they have the opportunity of accepting Jesus. So anyway. I thought that it was cool that it didn't point towards her. Her testimony always pointed toward Jesus. Towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. True. Which was great. Yeah. Big change for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Big change. Well, that's a great way to wrap up the Samaritan woman. Um, We'll spend the next couple days talking about some other women. Um, But Terry, do you want to close us out for today? Mm -hmm.
3: Great. Lord, just um, once again, just want to thank you for your word. We thank you how it touches our hearts so deeply, Lord, and how you don't leave things unturned and unfinished. Um, You come right to us and you share yourself with us you give your life for us and invite us to, to come along with you and to join your, um, your join you in, in spreading the living word and bringing living water um, available to others and pointing them to you. And father, we just thank you for the opportunities that you put into our paths that we can um, share you with other people and, um just pray that you would just uh, prick the hearts of people who are listening, that they can understand and they can know that you are he, you are the great I am, and that you give your life for everybody. And um, invite them in, Lord, to drink the living water. And we just ask you to bless each here today. Thank you for uh, this podcast, Lord. Thank you so much for these three women who have such great insight into your word. And uh, just ask you to continue to be with us as we plod along. and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen.
2: And cut. <laughs> <laughs>